Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. Now, I wanted to start this episode off by shining a light on the Mayhew. You may know the Mayhew as one of Megan's four patronages, along with the ACU, the National Theater, as well as SmartWorks, which I did last week. If you haven't checked that out, please go to particularly the YouTube video to see some of the other content that I put in there with there. Uh, but that was that's definitely one of my favorite charities so far that she's involved with. But of course, this is a patronage of hers. And so uh, I definitely want to highlight the Mayhew. Now, the Mayhew seeks to inform and change behaviors to improve animal welfare. They take a realistic view of the often difficult situations that people may face. They look at ways to reduce the number of animals in need through proactive community initiatives and preventative veterinary care. They know that a major part of their work is in understanding the links between social issues and animal welfare. They don't judge, they just listen, and they value people too. So what's Mayhew's vision? They have a vision of a society where people understand the importance and value of animal welfare. They have a mission too. And that mission is to promote animal welfare by delivering a broad range of community-based veterinary care and education services in the UK and overseas. Now, let me just talk really quickly about some of the things that they offer. They offer community support. It's a lot, so just bear with me, but the fact that it is a lot is a great thing. They offer community support, helping the people in their community through a number of unique programs definitely go to the website to see specifically what those programs are. They focus on rehoming animals, helping dogs and cats find new forever homes. We know how important that is. They also offer uh, community vet clinics. Those provide preventative veterinary support to those in need. They also have international support. So they're not just, they're based in, in England and in the UK, but they offer support for other entities overseas that may also be trying to do the same thing that Mayhew is doing in the UK. They uh, help manage rabies and dog populations, as well as educating people overseas about the same thing that they do. Now, the Mayhew has a history. Did you know that they are over 100 years old? I didn't know that until I started looking them up to do this segment, but that's pretty incredible. In 1856, they were founded as the home for starving and deserted cats. Shout out to people in 1886 who had the nerve to care about animal rights when it was not even popular to do so. You feel me? In 1904, they were renamed the Mayhew Animal Home in honor of their first superintendent, Anne Mayhew. Between the years of 1939 and 1945, that was World War II, by the way, uh, they remained open throughout World War II, offering refuge to desperate homeless animals and their owners. Wow, that's incredible. In 1881, 12 Mayhew team members, they cared for more than 13,000 animals in a single year. In 1998, they expanded their veterinary services and employed vets on site. 
that's a big step in the right direction or in the direction that they were ultimately going. Who am I to say whether it's right or wrong? Sounds right to me. In 2000, they developed the animal welfare officer concept to work out in the local communities, providing support and advice to both the animal and the owner. That includes the London homeless. In 2001, Mayhew International, they started to work in Moscow. And they convinced authorities to stop their catch-and-kill policy for street dogs with a move towards spaying and neutering animals instead. In 2005, Mayhew International, they started working with Hope and Animal Trust in Ranchi, India. I hope I pronounced that right. If I didn't, I'm sorry. Supporting an animal birth control program and temporary shelter for street dogs. In 2012, Therapod Initiative launches. That's one of their initiatives called Therapause. I like that. Therapause. Their volunteers and their dogs visit care uh, care homes for the elderly. And then in 2017, their international team convinced the government to stop poisoning dogs in Kabul, Afghanistan. So as you can see, the Mayhew has been really on it for over 100 years. They've really been keeping to their mission and to their vision for how we can all help animals, dogs and cats, particularly um, a little bit better, both preventative ways and in terms of making sure that there's access uh, for the care that a lot of these animals need or will need eventually and supporting the community, making it a community effort by supporting the homeless people who oftentimes have dogs as their companions. So I absolutely love that. If you look at the YouTube video, I've inserted a video from the Mayhew's YouTube page directly from them. So um, definitely make sure you check that out. I won't include it in the podcast version, but if you want to get involved with the Mayhew to either volunteer, again, they have uh, options to where people can do challenges and they give you a little bit more information about what they do or how people there can get involved. Or if you want to donate, please go to themayhew.org. The mayhew.org and just see how you can get involved um they have a lot of different options some people can't donate if you would like to donate just go to the mayhew.org slash donate and just follow the links any and every contribution would help i'm sure so go to the mayhew.org just to see how you can get involved this will really be a short episode but I hope we accomplish something significant here. I'm going to try to keep it short anyway. Um, But just to get into the goings on, you know, shout out to Harry for holding it down. Uh, I really appreciate the way that he just truly just continues to put himself out there and just to do the most that he can. Um, What these people truly need to do is to jump off Harry's ball sack and let my bro do his job that's it like this man lives with urgency it's evident his wife lives with urgency it's evident but harry given that he didn't have a baby you feel me it's cool if the guy doesn't want to sit at home and wants to continue on his work it's not like sitting at home would be a bad thing by the way but the guy got work to do Tintabale, you know, I know y'all know that, but I'm just saying like, it's sometimes just baffling 
how um, idiotic, I hope that's not too harsh, but how idiotic people actually judge, um, view what Harry's doing and then judge it. But um, I'll come back to that. But since the last episode, Harry has definitely been keeping busy. And I just, again, I just say good for him. And as I speak, he is in attendance at a the Queen's garden party at Buckingham Palace. Where before joining the party, Harry met with the cricket world team captains ahead of Thursday's tournament, which would be tomorrow or the day that this actually this podcast actually drops. But, um, you know, that's via Scobie on Twitter. That's where I saw that. But I just saw a picture, by the way, of the queen <laughs> and this really tall cricket player. Like, isn't the queen just so cute? You know, I don't really know how short he is. I know the men in the Windsor family tend to be tall but not that tall. Like that guy was as tall as Dikembe Mutombo. You feel me? But, um, she was just like looking up at him like a little kid. And I just thought that was the sweetest thing. So, um, the cricket tournament starts tomorrow. And of course, you know, Harry seems to love his sport. So that's, uh, that was cool. What I love most about this particular engagement though, is that like, you know, daddy Sussex, you know, he met with mama Sussex's four patronages or at least the representatives that were there he met on her behalf and I think that's um that's more than just cute it's cute but it's it shows the how tight-knit and how um unified they are as a team you know my opinion of that no one's opinion of that actually matters but it shows a lot you know so that's what I kind of implore everybody to do is pay attention to what they show because they're not going to say much. They're not going to be able to say much. But they just keep reinforcing who we know them to be. And I thought that was great. Her four patronages, again, are the Mayhew. Just talked about them. The National Theater, uh, SmartWorks, and the ACU. So good for Harry. Uh, Prince Harry also met with representatives of the African Parks organizations, um, as well as mental health consultants or I think it's consultant from uh, the Invictus Games. Um, not sure if I talked about this a whole lot, but this month on their Instagram, they followed 16 accounts that were dedicated to mental health. We know they did the Shout Initiative. We know they um, talked about it in their post, the May 1st post, saying that they wanted to highlight uh, different causes. This is Mental Health Awareness Month, by the way. Um each month they wanted to highlight something different, but I just really appreciate the time and attention that they've all given to mental health. It's so important. And I think it's much more important. It becomes increasingly important to not stigmatize it, to not hide it. You know, I'm glad that especially the younger generations are being much more open about their mental health struggles, about um, why they don't feel ashamed and why it's important to always keep your hand free to help someone else out of what they're going through. That's a little bit of a tangent, but um, clearly mental health matters to to Harry, and it has from a very, very young age. Um, it's good to know that he's prioritized his. So fantastic. Um, what I love about them is that over and over, though, they show people on the other side of their relationships that they are always there. You ever notice that about them? Like you're always hearing about how they are meeting up with the same people, same organizations, 
same groups. And of course, that is a part of their responsibility. But you get the sense that they take pride in not neglecting those relationships. And I really do appreciate that about them. So, um, you know, they're not like a they're not team hit it and quit it. (laughs) which is something that people love about them. And, you know, as I personally, as I get older, um, the more I've realized that being successful and seeing major things through requires one to maintain healthy relationships over long periods of time. You know, it's almost like it's a skill. And of course, everybody wants to have a relationship with Harry and Meghan, but at the same time, they could, you know, do charity events and drop their charities or, not necessarily see them until the next year, but you get the sense that they don't do, they don't play with it like that. You know, they really truly want to build something. So um, think of Daphne, for example, or even just recently when Harry was in the Netherlands at the children's hospital, the little girl, Michaela, that he promised he would visit and he visited, you know, um, think of uh, for Megan, Hannah, I don't know if you remember her, but Hannah was the girl that she had befriended on Instagram while she was still running the TIG. And Megan in the white dress is so shocked to see Hannah standing there. And she, you know, she takes her time just to talk to her and just to catch up as soon as, as much as she could before she jumped into the car and left. That's who they are. That's why people love them. It's not because they're famous. It's not because they're popular. It's because they are people of character. So thank you, Harry. You know, we, we definitely, uh, dig that, you know, that's stuff, that's the stuff of life really. Um, and I'm glad that they prioritize that. I see Harry meeting with the Duchess's patronages and I'm happy. I think that's juicy. I think it's sweet. You feel me? So thanks, Harry. What else is going on? Uh, Harry will be attending the annual Founders Day Parade on June 6th. And that is a Thursday, uh, next Thursday. That will be at the Royal Hospital Chelsea, which is the home of the UK's most iconic army veterans, the Chelsea Pensioners. Harry is an army vet, as you know, and he will spend some time with them. He will give a speech. Six of those gentlemen are World War II veterans who were at the Normandy landing. So it's kind of like living history. Um, that should be pretty special. And I'm sure there's a sense of pride that Harry gets with it as well. So since we last talked, Harry had a polo match in Rome, Italy. The Centibali Polo Cup, which he rides in, rides in, plays in. Somebody tell me, girl, I don't know, every year. I don't even know how to ride a horse. But that's neither here nor there. Um, The Polo Cup raises awareness and it raises much-needed funds for the children of Lesotho. Now, some of y'all might remember the match from last year where Megan wore her cute denim dress and she gave a winning kiss. Well, that's the same match. It happens every year. I'm not... Maybe somebody can tell me. um, Maybe it happens in, in different cities every year. Because I don't believe they were in Italy last year. But yeah, that that makes sense because it's like a cup, right? The World Cup happens in a different city every year. Huh. Okay. Sorry, I don't fact check. Not for real. But um, yeah, so that was that. That's an every that's a yearly thing for him. Obviously, it like the name of his 
charity, which he founded is right, right across the shirt. So the 2019 Centibali Polo Cup took place in Rome, Italy, meaning that Harry has spent time away from his baby and his wife. The sporting event, which raised money for young people affected with HIV in Lesotho and Botswana, we know those two countries are super important to Harry, meaning that Harry's attendance raised awareness for these crucial issues. There's no way in hell he's going to miss that. Especially, it's not like he's flying to Australia. He's going to Italy, you know? You could probably fit half, or probably the whole Western Europe in the United States, you know? So he's literally like flying from, let's say, New York to Chicago, maybe a little bit further, but not very far at all. So um, why am I talking about all of that? Well, you probably already know. Some people are kind of like trying to make that a big deal. And we saw it a little bit when he went to The Hague to promote the Invictus Games, which, of course, he's going to promote because it's his games um, because Archie was less than a week ago or maybe about a week ago. No, he was less than. I think it was like he was born on the 6th and he went on the 9th. But anyway, that's like such a minor thing to me. But other people obviously are trying to make it out to be this big thing. I mean, I guess they want to call DHS on Harry for not being in his kid's face 24 hours a day. But, you know, you'd think that the fact that I don't think it's a big deal, the fact that you probably don't think it's a big deal would kind of be the consensus. You know, Harry taking a quick flight to raise money for an issue that's close to his heart. Uh, for the charity he created, as well as being a close, you know, it, it being a cause close to his mother's heart. Um, for most people, that is a no-brainer. It's a great cause. It's a great opportunity to shine a light in major areas of need, you know, especially for the children of Lesotho. But is it that obvious for everyone? No. Never that, because then that would be too easy. That would be way too simple, right? So, Cue the reporter with the shady question to Brother Nacho, please. Not many fathers go abroad within two weeks of the birth. Anything, any word on that from uh, the mother? Oh, that's, a, that's, that's an assumption that you're making. I, I'm a father of four and, uh, and sometimes, you know, duty calls and this is, you know, 24 hours out, out, away from, uh, from the house. I think he's doing just fine. Um, he's a wonderful father and very present, and he's here for an for an amazing cause. So I think that that's uh, you know I don't see that as a problem. And of course, there is the interview on CBS this morning, where Nacho Fuguetas elaborated on that question on the interview that was you know that he did after the polo match and the, that particular question that was asked. So to me, there are a couple of takeaways. Just my personal view on it. Um, if you actually see the video, and I'm talking about the one right after the polo match or the one that's in Italy, you can see the irritation in Nacho's face and in his body language. You know, everybody decided to be a body language expert after <laughs> Harry and Meghan got married. Well, girl, I'm one, so. And if you look at the irritation in Nacho's face and his body language and how that changes, like to where he's not even looking at the interview or the reporter that asked the question by the time he's concluding his answer. To me, that shows a couple of things. First of all, how close he and Harry are. They're super close. To me, 
and I, I know they've known each other a long time, but if you're not close to someone or you, you're not, you know, somebody throws shade at somebody that you're not really caring about any, you know, one way or the other, you don't get irritated. But if somebody's throwing shade at your brother or a friend that's close enough to be a brother, you're going to get irritated. And that shows like in his body language. And the second thing is it shows how irritated he is with the press in general, not just the reporter that asked a question on that particular day. It's almost like that question from that reporter after that event was more of an indication of the broader onslaught and how frustrating that is. That shows to me. So now we see Harry's friends speaking up. We've already seen Megan's friends speaking up. And they're getting more comfortable with that. Now Harry's friends are actually chiming in when they're presented with the opportunity. To me, this is the Sussex set. That's the name for this podcast in particular. Uh, it's the people in their orbit. And Nacho is not just someone that Harry knows you know what I mean? They've developed this relationship over years and years, obviously with Polo at the center, but it's, he's somebody that you could say Harry looks up to in a lot of ways, you know? So it's, it's a relationship. Relationships go back and forth or both ways, I should say. So shout out to Nacho for not shying away from the fact that he sees a wrong and he's pointing it out. Seeing their friends speak up for them makes me both happy and sad, though. Happy that they have friends who are willing to speak up for them, correct the record, etc., etc., but sad that there's such a record to be corrected. You know, it's like the record is deliberately muddied for whatever reason, you know, and their friends are like, look, dude, we're done. Because I think in the beginning, a lot of people thought, oh, this won't, this can't last for too much longer because we know who these people are. They're great. We know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do good. But now it's like they're trying to prove a point, <laughs> especially given that the Sussexes have kind of cut off any, any leaks, possibilities for leaks about them because they're no longer at Kensington Palace. Um, but the fact that so many people feel now that they got to speak up, which is good. I think it's a net good. It's still sad, you know, but I think we may be witnessing a trend where people will continue to speak up on their behalf against the British media and their tactics. You know, notice the forces that came together just around the whole Nacho thing. Gail King and Nacho Figueres. Like Nacho coming on Gail King's show was probably the first time that they met. Okay, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll go ahead and say if Gail went to the reception, and I don't know that she actually did go to the reception, I'm going to assume Nacho did go to the reception. But she probably did, you know what I'm saying? Because Oprah got pulled, you feel me? <laughs> and I know Oprah was there. But um, at least I think I know. But when are you when did you ever see Nacho and Gail together let alone on TV but Gail made a place for Nacho on her show you catching it that's not an accident Gail essentially reached out and said brother Nacho come sit on my show and tell America a little bit more about how fucking ridiculous the British media is 
That's what that's what I see. I could be wrong. But that's what I see. You already know, like it's, it's like connected. It's not that they're even saying anything that's false or too sugary and sweet about Harry and Meghan. They're just trying to state the facts. You know what I mean? So they're not trying to unnecessarily make them out to be better or nicer or greater than they are. They're just trying to prevent those that are trying to muddy them from getting away with it. That's how I see it. You know, connect the dots. Gail is Oprah's best friend. Oprah and Harry, we know, have worked on or are working on a documentary series. Nacho is one of Harry's closest friends. Or at least a very close friend. And here they are in the CBS studios together talking on national TV about how fucked up the British media is toward this couple. Gail is basically saying on this in this interview, uh, Nacho, didn't somebody ask you something about Harry at this polo match that y'all went to? <laughs> and basically saying, tell us again why they're out of line. And of course he does. And I absolutely love it. Like, I love how pro-Sussex forces are fighting back in their own way. You know what I mean? They're the small small ones of us who are just like online they're the small ones of us who are just kind of having conversations amongst ourselves but then there are those who actually pull weight who are members of the media as well and the the american media is like no small thing you know what i mean and it might take the american media holding a mirror to the british media in order for them to kind of change their tune. Whether they will or not, they might just dig in, you know, dig their heels in and double down. I don't know. But I, if I were a member of the British media covering Harry and Meghan for some reason, I would kind, I would be embarrassed. And in that interview, Nacho said something that I have echoed many times before, as recently as this weekend in Stephanie's article there must be voices to correct the record, voices like Nacho's, voices like Gail's, like this podcast, like the Sussex Squad podcast, like, you know, my Duke and I and Meganpedia. Because if there aren't voices out there to do just that, then a random person who doesn't know as much as we know about the Sussexes may come across a piece that's intentionally shady and will have nothing to go by but that. You know what I mean? That's really the main reason why I do this podcast. So as far as I'm concerned, we all have a responsibility to create um, to create the habits that correct the record uh, at any given time about Megan and Harry. If we can, even if you create your own um, platform, it's at least to give people the chance to get the correct narrative about them, because it is concerning that there's a deliberate misleading of people about Megan and Harry. Most folks, you know, I saw something today about someone who, ooh, and these royal watchers who have supposedly been watching for decades, girl, you get, y'all get off on trying to tell us that we're quote unquote new, newcomers and yeah, we might be technically, but oh well, sis, it's the reason we don't care about them other, other uh, folks. <laughs> you already know where I was about to go with it. There's a reason we don't care about them other folks. You know what I mean? So, no, you can't 
you can't expect me to see myself as you see me because you think I ain't worthy to be in a conversation or you think people like us, like the Sussex fans, aren't worthy to be in a conversation about the royal family as a whole. Yes, we are. And as a matter of fact, we bring a whole brand new perspective, one that you probably ain't even been privy to because you've been so far up the fucking first and second and third in line's ass. You understand? Or maybe not the third because, you know, George ain't do shit. But y'all you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So, and I have noticed that since I became a Megan uh, Duchess of Sussex fan, I should say, because I've been a Megan fan. But since I became a Sussex fan, um, it's been a lot of people trying to tell us that we don't belong, y'all. And they're real mad that we actually have the audacity to not just say we belong, but to actually not just make an impact either, but to actually show that we ain't really going nowhere. You know? So anyway, that's that's a little bit of a tangent, girl. But yes, I got a little bit missed that somebody's trying to say, and you know who she know who she is. I already tweeted about her. No, no shade to her. But truly, you don't have the right to tell folks that they need to care about the whole royal family when we already see that the whole royal family don't even care as much as we think they should outwardly about Harry and Meghan and protecting them. You know, Megan had her whole pregnancy to be bullied. And then she still got bullied after she gave birth to this baby. And you see people still throwing shade at Harry. So, no, we have the right to like who we like. And we don't have to like everybody else. And I think most of us don't necessarily dislike them. We just don't give a damn about them. Not for real. Not for real, for real. No shade. When they show me why I should care about them, I'll consider it. But we ain't there yet. But to get back to defending Harry and Meghan, I just think it's a shame that people have to fight this hard just for the truth. But, you know, I guess if anything is worth fighting for, it is the truth, you know. But I just want to say thank you to Nacho for feeling like, you know, he can speak freely. You know, maybe if this were a year ago, right after they got married and that type of question was asked, maybe he wouldn't have said anything. Maybe he would have felt like, oh, you know, it's not my place. But I got the sense that he felt like, oh, I better say something now because y'all been doing this for much too long. It's already been a year. Y'all know y'all wrong. And he just couldn't hold it in. You got the sense that even though he was really nice and classy about it, the fact that he had to say anything at all. So... Thank you to him, because I know that took that took some some amount of guts, you know. Harry didn't ask him to do it, but he took it upon himself, you know. Um, and as someone said, you know, I think Nacho is Harry's brother from another mother. And he deserves this kind of defense all the time from people in his family who have weight. But again, we've yet to see that, sadly, because, you know, if anyone can and should speak up, it's his blood. You know, his blood brother at that, given that, that they're, you know, they're like the same age group. Everybody is in their 30s. But we haven't seen that yet. And, you know, I guess that's now how that's not how William rolls and not to beat up on him. But did I lie? Clearly, he doesn't roll like that. I feel like I've seen in the past. I've seen Harry speak up for Kate and have seen him speak up for Will. Uh you know, in just different interviews, Harry seems to be a much more open person when it comes to his thoughts and feelings and stuff. 
I've never seen Will speak up for for Harry, not to say that he hasn't, but I haven't seen it. And it seems like I, I would have seen it in the last 365 days. But, alas, we haven't. But, you know, we saw George, we saw Oprah, we saw Gail, you know, now Nacho openly defending them. And Serena, unofficially, you know, she's not going to just insert herself. But I don't know if y'all remember with the, the five friends spoke to people and um, Serena the next day <laughs> talking about how Megan is not how the, the press is describing her. And then the next day, Serena Williams posted herself sipping tea <laughs> in out of a white mug. Um, so to me, that was like the confirmation I needed because I know they're good friends. So because of that, I'm living. I know that it's not a mistake that Harry and Megan have friends like that. And uh, it's not a mistake that they're speaking up for them. And I'm sure that chorus will grow, you know, and if that's what it takes is to, you know, embarrass the British media to the point that they finally stop telling lies and I'm not holding my breath, but if that's what it takes, so be it. They're becoming a laughing stock in my opinion and couldn't happen to a better group of people. So yeah, shout out to Gail King for deliberately having Nacho on her major network morning show. And I can tell you right now, Americans do not champion polo as a sport the way they do in Europe. And I'm guessing Argentina, because that's where Nacho is from. So to see that a particular polo player is on a major American TV show, TV channel, so soon, that was certainly deliberate. And so, honestly... It wasn't all that subtle either. So shout out to Gail for like throwing her weight around on that. Because she didn't have to, but she definitely did. Again, Megan is on maternity leave. And while Trooping the Color is not a working engagement, it's not, you know, it's an official engagement, it's not a working engagement. Um, It's a personal engagement, i.e. it's for the queen. And Megan can attend. I still don't see her attending. Not so soon. Although, if she does, I will be pleasantly surprised, girl. Um, but that said, you know, I hope she doesn't feel any pressure to actually, because it is a big event. I hope she doesn't feel the pressure to just show her face just because people are going to wonder whether she's there. Because, girl, we know you out there doing your thing up at Frogmore. You and Archie. So if she doesn't come, I'll be glad. You know, I don't want another opportunity just for somebody to criticize her, try to pick her apart. I just want her to live her best life. And if her best life involves not going anywhere near damn London for trooping the color, then I can dig it. But like I said, either way, I'll be happy. Whatever she decides, uh, she can do whatever she wants. And who can forget last year's trooping the color where like fools made a big deal out of her off the shoulder look. Like sis was looking amazing fresh off of her honeymoon and I guess the haters were just mad about it but I saw right then and it was about to be some shit too but uh she looks stunning as she always does and uh here we are a year later and sis still got mind control over these fools she's so powerful you know she got other accounts even buying Instagram followers can you believe it they said sis you ain't finna pass us. We holding on to our social media relevance for dear life. And we gonna keep this lead if it's the last thing we do. <laughs> I wish I would hear somebody at KP saying that, but 
Uh, that's that's the impression that I'm getting anyway. But um, why do I personally believe that they are the other account is buying followers? Well, and again, let me just emphasize in the beginning, this is not a big deal, but it is kind of um, embarrassing, weird to me. But uh, why do I think they're buying followers? Because just last week, Sussex Royal was within 650,000 followers. 650,000 off the lead, if you will. Now, you might have seen me tweeting about it. There are now, as I speak, they're not even within 700,000. You know, so they're less than a million, but. From April to now, it's been a steady shrinking of the margin, if you will. Now it's a steady increase. That margin is getting bigger, slowly but surely. And of course, eventually Sussex Royal will overtake that account. Just in, and that's, that again, I want to emphasize that is not super important to me and is not an indication of how the people on the streets of England feel about them. It's just Instagram. But it's like, why are you so hell-bent? And I don't have proof of this, but I do know how social media works. I do know that when Sussex Royal gets a huge influx of followers, say when they posted Archie's feed or when they posted that it was a boy or they posted the picture of the queen with Doria those are big moments. Those are big social media moments for the platform, for Instagram. You know how many people got new Instagram accounts just so they can follow Harry and Meghan Girl? But they will then say who don't necessarily are not really in it like us. They will say, oh, well, yeah, let me follow. Let me follow the KP account, too. You know, that's that's the other household. Makes sense. But KP has benefited from Sussex Royal being on Instagram just like they benefited from Megan being a part of the family in terms of their Instagram followers. But now I, it just feels like it's a last ditch effort to try to maintain whatever, you know, I hate to say this word lead, but it is, you know, they do have more followers. Um, whatever lead they have over <laughs> the Sussex Royal account. Um, I don't have, again, I don't have any proof, but I just got a hunch because if you look at the Sussex Royal account and the engagement, meaning the number of people that like the post and comment on the post, they have less followers than Sussex, than, uh, than the KP account. But the KP account, they don't get nearly as much engagement. They don't get nearly. So my thing is, how are you automatically getting more followers? That's because you're buying them. And that's sad. (laughs) It's my opinion. Again, I want to emphasize the fact that I don't have proof. But a bitch got a hunch. There haven't been any significant engagements on the other account, and I don't mean social media engagement, I'm talking about like actual functions and visits and official engagements for the KP folks. Um, And I think they went back on vacation recently. 
work I don't today. really want to do the work today. I don't really want to do the work today. I don't really want to do the work today. I don't want to do the work today. What? What's this? Uh-oh. I don't really want to do the work today. I don't really want to do the work today. I don't really want to do the work today. I don't want to do the work today. But they're still getting more followers, so that's uh, just just mind-boggling but um there's only again one explanation that makes sense damn megan is powerful her power making these folks buy instagram followers it's not even two months in and sussex royal has less than a million fewer followers than the other account two months versus i don't know five or six years now, if that's not power, I don't know what is. And we know they stay panicking at the KP estates. So, you know, I guess they got to do what they got to do. And again, it's not a big deal. It's just a little bit embarrassing. And I hope they know that it's a losing strategy because Boo is still on maternity leave. Year two of the House Sussex ain't even fully underway yet. And my bitch already got him shook. Oh, well, that's all I've got for today. Please go to themayhew.org to see the great work that Mayhew is doing for communities. And let me remind you, this is one of Megan's four patronages. They are also a community resource for those who are homeless and have pets in need. If you're local... Please see how you can get involved and make sure to go to mayhew.org slash donate to contribute some much needed funds. We can all do that. So definitely hit them up. Make sure you're following your girl on Twitter and Instagram at Sussex Squad or follow the podcast Instagram at Sussex Set. Please keep shining your light and keep shining the light on the truth. And until next time. Peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.